0: Hey everyone, so I already got to put a disclaimer at the beginning of season 3 because I already fucked it up. Um, Please forgive like the shuffling and the clicks and stuff. I did. So this is my brand new phone I'm using. I did not realize how sensitive the microphone is, so there is some shuffling and some tapping as I'm using the phone because that's where the script is as I'm speaking. Uh, I used to just 100% wing it off the top of my head and I found that there were so many ums, oohs, uh, oohs, um, dee and, uh, just moronic and awkward pauses, and I just did not, well, I didn't want to of that, so uh, I thought I'd make scripts, but apparently clicking and scrolling and stuff like that causes clicks and shuffling and taps, so I do apologize, uh, it, it levels out eventually, but, um, Please forgive me for that. I I just had to make a disclaimer. Already, Season 3, Episode 1, I done fucked up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a horribly nerdy podcast. The podcast that's so bad, horrible is in its name. And on this podcast, we talk about everything from the paranormal, comic books, books, horror movies, and much more. Welcome to Season 3. I have to admit, after a long while of debating and lots of thinking, I almost cancelled the podcast entirely. Uh, But, as you can tell, since Season 3 is premiering, I have decided to bring it back. But I'm going to make things different. Um, The run times of each podcast will be about 30 to 45 minutes an episode. Sometimes maybe less, sometimes a little maybe more. um, Just because it fits my schedule a little better. Uh, Also, speaking of fitting my schedule a bit better, you're going to get episodes every other week. So, this one comes out on October 31st. You'll skip a week, and then the week after that, you'll get another episode. Um, Between work and everything that I'm just trying to work on as myself, physically and mentally, this just kind of fits better, and I'm not kind of just inundating you with uh, just a ton of content just to release content. I'd rather have something that is quality, uh, that I am happy to bring about, and happy to uh, be producing. So that's uh, the reason why I have kind of changed things up. Um, I think I've said that many, many times before in the past, but uh, I am committed now to releasing an episode at least every other week, and uh, yeah, and continuing on. Um, if I do take a break, I'm gonna try and give like a heads up. I'm not really planning on going like away for as I was this time, a few months. Uh, Like I said, for for those that followed my social media and have listened to the podcast in the past, know that I went through some serious mental trauma uh, earlier in the year 2022, um, this year. Uh, And if you're from the future listening to this, hi, uh, this was in 2022, Um, the place I was working Uh, I don't know what I did to piss people off, but there were a few people there that just made it clear I was no longer welcome at that place. They were making my life miserable. Um, I tried everything possible to just try to do my best work and continue, but eventually got to the point to where they were lying to my bosses, and it seems that they were just trying to get me in trouble and trying to get me fired, and I just had enough of that, so I took a mental health break. Uh, I was able to kind of get out of my own head, put myself back on a better track, and I found a better job. I enjoy my new job so much. I do uh, tech support at an aftermarket TPMS company. Um, Basically, we get phone calls, and I help walk people through like programming uh, tire pressure sensors or just any kind of questions they have, things like that, and I do enjoy my job. Um, every once in a while you get that rowdy customer. There have been a few lately. Some things have been kind of going on, but we're doing our best to get through it. And I've been enjoying the job. I like the people I work with. It's been a lot of less stress than I've had in the past. And it's been wonderful to feel that. And I'm doing so much better. So all that have reached out, thank you so much for everything. Today's... This week, or today, whatever you want to say, a book review is about a book called Atomic Rex, written by Matthew Denian. It's either Denian or Denon, I'm not sure, I hope I'm saying that right. If Matthew ever listens to this podcast, which I doubt, I apologize if I butcher your name, but uh, I want to talk about your book. The War is Over, Humanity Has Lost, and the Kaiju Rule the Earth. Three years have passed since the U.S. government attempted to use giant mechs to fight off an incursion of kaiju. The eight most powerful kaiju have carved up North America into their respective territories, and their mutant offspring also roam the continent. What they mean by mutant offspring is not, like, actual babies. So, basically, uh, how do I put this? There was a island that they decided to test nuclear weapons out. What they did not know was that Island happened to have a bunch of prehistoric creatures on it. It mutated them into Kaiju. Now everywhere the Kaiju go, uh, because they're all uh, radioactive, They mutate other animals and other beings, uh, making them mutants or just gigantic versions of themselves. So not only do we have gigantic kaiju, which is called the true kaiju, we have other kaiju like giant walruses and bugs and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's fun and great and awesome. Uh, The mech... oh, I'm sorry. The remnants of humanity are gathered in a remote settlement with steel samurai the last of the remaining mechs as their only protection. The mech is piloted by Captain Chris Myers, who realizes that humanity will not survive if they stay at the settlement. So in order to preserve the human race, he abandons the settlement unprotected as he engages on a desperate plan to draw the eight kaiju into each other's territories. His hope is that the kaiju will destroy each other. Chris will encounter horrors, including the amorphous... Amoebas, which is basically a giant blob monster that devours... It's basically acid. It devours anything that comes in contact with it. The giant turtle... I'm going to say this wrong. Tor... Torturus. Torturus. I think it's Torturus. And the nuclear-powered Sauropod Atomic Rex, who has the ability to summon... The uh, nuclear energy inside of him and blast off a radioactive wave that not only uh, stuns his enemy but burns the ever loving crap out of them with like the heat and uh, intensity of an atomic bomb. Um, this is the beginning of a series. Uh, there are more books about atomic wrecks. I will eventually, I, I, I've i read three so far, I've enjoyed all three, and eventually we'll get into more, and we'll uh, reveal more on here, but I just wanted to say, like, uh, honestly, it, it's the start of a fun, thrilling, bloody kaiju series. There is a bit of gore, they talk about uh, guts, and blood, and all kinds of craziness, uh, people being eaten, so it's not necessarily for younger people to read. It's more teen and above, uh, but it's written from like from obviously the perspective of a giant kaiju fan, and it's written for those that love kaiju and love bloody gore and, and awesome fight scenes and all that. Uh, I quite enjoyed this story. The human characters are well-written uh, without boggling the story down. So what I mean by that is there aren't many human characters. There's There's one or two main characters, basically. Uh, All the others, they kind of don't boggle the story down going with an elaborate backstory and you got to hear about this and that. Uh, The author does a really, really good job of kind of explaining things in a quick way that makes sense. It's condensed and you can get right back to the monster action, which is what we're all looking forward to in this book series, of course. Um, the descriptions of the kaiju are very detailed, along with how well-written and the bloody kaiju fights are. This is a definite must-read for kaiju fans. Uh, I, myself, give it four sil- silver samurais out of five, and I highly, highly recommend it. If you're a kaiju fan, if you like horror and monsters and stuff, this will be right up your alley. Next, we're going to be talking about Terror Krakens, from Eric S. Brown. What began as a pleasure crew becomes a nightmare horror as a dominant species emerges from the depths to claim its rightful place in the world. Humanity finds itself at war, locked in a battle of survival with these new monsters that it has little chance of winning. Terra Krakens. So, obviously, when you hear the word Krakens, you're thinking gigantic squid monster kind of thing. No, these things are, I think the biggest one was like eight to ten foot tall, wide, whatever. They're able to breathe out of water, able to like use two forelimbs to kind of walk. Um, it's kind of if you've ever seen um Space Amoeba or Yog, uh, the monster from space, uh. how, uh, the squid creature uses its tentacles to walk. That's what it sounds like these creatures do. Um, it's an interesting story. Um, It's real quick. It's like less than 100 pages. It's a quick, fun read, uh, especially being under 100 pages, at least on digital form. I read this on a digital form, so I don't know, book-wise it might be a little bit longer, but it was a super quick read. I was able to finish it in one sitting. Uh, There's lots of bloody creature mayhem, lots of gore, lots of guts, uh, awesome detailed action sequences, an interesting cast of characters, and definitely some of which deserve what ends up happening to them. I also find it interesting that this author, author, Eric S. Brown, he has no problem writing like graphic gory scenes, but when it comes to dropping the F-bomb, he replaces fuck with frag. Frag or frack or it just he doesn't use the word fuck. I don't know if I have read like the censored version but if it's censored why are the bloody gory scenes in there? I'm not 100% sure. I need to look into that a little more. Um, I've read about three or four stories of Eric's. I've enjoyed them all. We're going to be talking about them all eventually. I have enjoyed them all. Uh, they are super quick reads. They're really fun but he can't like he really uses frag or frack. I can't remember if it's Frack or Frag. It's been a little bit since I read um, Terror of Krakens. Uh, I will be reading uh, a few more stories of his. Like I said, I, I'm really enjoying his writing. Um, this one uh, is a quick read to kill some time. Definitely check it out. I give it three and a half Krakens out of five. I only give it three and a half just because like, there were scenes that just seemed a little bit rushed and only because... He has a sense of story style, especially in the ending, that's kind of starting... Well, not, I don't want to say predictable, because I say that, and then I'll read another one of story, which just blows me away, and it's completely different. But what I basically am just saying, like, uh, you kind of, by the end of it, you kind of know where it's going. Uh, not that it's not enjoyable. It's still a very good read. It's fun, and it's quick, and I love fun, quick stories that I can just sit down one reading... Can, you know, banging out in one one sitting or one night, and I'm just boom, damn, bam, done, awesome, loved it, that kind of thing. Um, sorry. Up next, I want to talk about some anime I have been uh, watching recently. And, um, like, I kind of, like, when I was younger... I really wasn't huge in anime. Like, I was a big Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z fan. I I had no problem watching that. I did enjoy those. Um, The original Diver series, like, I've only seen like two or three episodes, of course, out of order, so I didn't really understand the story, but I really enjoyed the original, you know, those three. But I I now have uh, the complete original series. I will be watching that eventually and, of course, reviewing it here on the pod. But um, lately, I've just been kind of really getting into anime, and uh, I've been finding some really good, really good animes that I've absolutely been enjoying. Uh, one I, in particularly I want to talk about right now is called High School DxD. This series revolves around Issei Hyoda, a perverted high school student who was reincarnated into a devil by Riaz Gremory after being killed on his first date. Uh, He later joins the occult research club as he strives to rise up the devil's ranks to fulfill his dream of building a harem and becoming a harem king. So basically, uh, Riaz Gremory is the sister of Lucifer and is next in line for the throne of hell, basically. So there are a bunch of like demon lords, like hell lords, and they're constant. Well, there was a peace, but now it seems they're constantly warring at each other. There's a war with angels going on. Uh, Rias is super nice, super sweet, beautiful young woman. Um, Issei is <laughs> a very perverted very perverted young man. uh, In the first, uh, a little bit of spoilers here, but in the first episode, he is caught peeping on the girls in the shower. He is obsessed with boobs, especially big boobs, and he's all about uh, getting some action, even though he's still technically a virgin. Um, He is tricked on his first date, where he finally gets a girlfriend. He's so excited, and it turns out she is a fallen angel and she kills him uh, due to some magic in the beginning of the... that they kind of hint to in the beginning of the series, or the beginning of the episode. He makes a wish that if he was going to die, he would rather be killed staring at Ria uh beautiful face. Fun bags, okay? You know where we're going with this. And that wish is granted, but... Rias sees something in the young man and reincarnates him as a devil. And now Issei has promised to be loyal to her uh, and be a servant of Rias and be one of her warriors. And this kid kicks ass. Um, Yes, this anime has a ton of nudity in it. A ton of nudity. There, (laughs) I... So, for those that follow me on TikTok, I'll usually post, like, my favorite anime, and I usually try to do, like, one of the openings that has the opening song, because I really like the songs that they pick for anime openings. Um, I, I'm having trouble picking an opening for this that doesn't have boobs in it, because I don't want TikTok to nail me for nudity, even though it's cartoon nudity, but still, I'm sure they would be like, nope, can't have this. Um... Even in the in the animated intros, there's boobs. <laughs> and yeah, I know, whatever. Call me perv. I don't care. There's some, I want to talk about this anime a little bit more. Because it has some of the most amazing fight sequences, art style, and the character growth in this is absolutely phenomenal. Granted, Issei kind of staves a perv throughout most of the series, but... excuse me sorry his character has such emotional growth going from like this just dumb kind of brainless kind of goofball to like the protect like he ends up gaining a lot of female friends and he swears to protect them all no matter what Uh, even when he fails to do this he does everything he can to kind of rectify the situation Uh, he just the 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 growth potential that he has, I just couldn't believe it. Um, Just even each character, like how they grow and adapt to every situation they find themselves in. And the main character who does everything he can, any mistake or misunderstanding that he kind of plays out. He does everything he can to rectify it and kind of make it right. You know, he hates uh, for all these female friends he has and even his male friends like... Uh, like, uh, there's another male character whose name is slipping my mind, but there comes a point in the series where, like, he kind of turns his back on them because he's he's having his own issues, and Issei is all about, like, being there for him. You know, even there's even a point where he's like, what? You know, the other character's like, why the fuck do you keep following me around? Blah, 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 blah. I don't need you. I don't you. Issei's just like, because that's what friends do. Friends are there to back each other up no matter how bad they're feeling. Or you're treating them or how bad they're feeling. And like, the other guy realizes like, Oh, I was being a fucking idiot. And kind of comes about. And like, honestly, this anime... like, Like, okay. Is it bad? The fact that this anime that had so much boobs and sexual situations that it made me cry? Why do I say that? Because... This had more heart and soul put into anything I have ever witnessed. By the end of the fourth season, when something that like has been building up and you've been waiting for this, and how it's finally portrayed and acted out, like I screamed at the screen. I was so happy. I was thrilled. I was crying. It was amazing just how far that... Issei had come. Uh, just It literally, like, legitimately had so much fucking heart and soul into it. It's probably one of the best things I have ever read. Uh, not, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's one of the best things I have ever watched. I love this series so much. Um, if you don't mind a lot of boobs and sexual situations, this is a really fun watch. It's funny, it's fun, it's sexy, and it's got a lot of action in it. And it's it's worth the watch, in my opinion. I think even the vo- the the uh, English voice actors, instead of just kind of phoning it in, that's why I like Crunchyroll and Funimation. They actually put some thought behind, like they really get voice actors that really portray these characters very well, Instead of just kind of being like monotone, like some of the old animes that were translated in English, and even some of the old Godzilla films that are like, oh my God, it's Godzilla, we better run. That kind of stuff. There's so much. Like I said, there's so much heart and soul. And and to the the there are two different voice actors. Uh, there's I think it's like the first and second season. There's one voice actor for Issei, and the third and fourth there's a different one. I give credit to the second one who actually does a very good die, very good job imitating the first one, but then eventually kind of turning it, uh, making it his his own kind of voice or character, but yet not without like. Abandoning the actual traits of the original character and the original voice actor, like they do a really good job with that. Very, very happy with this series. Uh, I, I really, really, I can't say more than enough about this series. Like I legitimately loved this show, loved this series. It better get another fucking season. I want this to keep going. God, I hope this keeps going because it's just so great. It's so funny. It's so much fun. Uh, I give this five Red Dragon Emperors out of five. I truly loved this show, and I hope there's a lot more. Uh, the next anime I want to talk about is actually a very interesting. It's not like a, uh, not a canonical series, but like a series like like most animes are where it's linear. Linear, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, this is more of an anthology. It is called the Junji Ito Collection. And Junji Ito is a fantastic and amazing artist. Uh, And this is particularly like a collection of his horror stories that he's done. And it's been animated and... uh, It's amazing. So the Junji Ito Collection is an animated horror anthology series produced by Studio Dean and adapted from the various works by Junji Ito. It consists primarily of selections from the horror world of Junji Ito Collection, in addition to other stories from Ma no Kakura and New Voices in the Dark. There are some twisted fucking characters. There are some recurring characters, uh, especially the fashion model, uh, there's uh in the very first episode, I believe Suichi is his name. Uh, he's a recurring character. he's a little shit uh but you <laughs> his little shenanigans he gets into and all that are kind of interesting and kind of and just playing it out, there are some really, really messed up stories like Slug Girl is messed up um, uh, uh, the town with no streets that's a crazy one. Just so many interesting, really crazy stories. I really enjoyed this. Uh, one in particularly I truly want to talk about, is called uh, Splatterfilm. Uh, Ogi, a stoner, presents his friend Sugio with some honey. Uh, Ogi, Ogi or Oji OG just got a jar of honey from some natives while staying in South America. Uh, these natives worship the plants that the honey comes from and would even risk their lives to get it. But OG warns, but was warned not to get caught eating the honey. Uh, Sugio tastes the honey and thinks it's the most delicious thing he's ever eaten. When he comes down from the high, he develops the munchies, of course, but finds nothing he tastes has any more flavor than that honey. He also finds out the horrors involved when you get caught eating the honey. And the twist I saw coming from that when you're caught, I was not expecting. Uh, you, I, I, I should have guessed <laughs> knowing what the uh, name of the short is, but holy crap, I didn't see it coming. It's actually quite clever. It's interesting. And it's brutal. And it was this Junji Ito collection is a super fun watch. Um, the fashion model... That's a crazy story. Uh, There's a couple that she's involved in, and there's another recurring story called Tomie, which is a character that you just absolutely grow to hate with a passion, a legitimate passion. This made me so angry, (laughs) this character. I was just so fed up by the end of it, but it just shows you, like, how well-written and and how well-storylined this, this whole series is. I, I legitimately, like, I finished it. I went over and rewatched it because I loved it so much. Uh, I'd love to see more. Uh, I'd love to actually find, like, his complete collections and read them and kind of see what else he has that could have been adapted. But definitely check this one out. It's not for if you have a sensitive stomach... And if you're kind of uh, I don't want to say sexual assault necessarily, but like there's some close stuff and there is some abuse and there's it's kind of, it's there are some extreme spots so if you're not comfortable with that, skip this one but if you're really into horror you you can kind of let that go and get into it This is definitely something to check out uh highly recommend it it's insane there's some of the story there are some tamer stories uh like Oh shoot! Oh shoot! I knew I was gonna forget what that was called. Oh man, I'm sorry. I failed on that one. <laughs> um, but there are some tamer stories. Like the first one isn't super gory or super bloody, but it is. It's rather interesting. Uh, it's different for sure. But it's just it's fun. It's so much fun. I definitely recommend it, and I'm going to give it uh, four Tomies out of five. Now. Since this is released on Halloween and I live in Michigan, I kind of want to talk about uh, some ghost tours you could go and check out. Like uh, there are a couple here. I'm going to definitely highlight one I've actually investigated myself, and one that I've had the pleasure of being on. And is rend uh, is is rend, is rand is rand by a friend of mine. It's a run by a friend of mine. I'm doing it again. I think I'm talking way too fast. Uh, I do apologize about that. I'm just trying to keep this short and convenient. I don't want to overdo it uh, and kind of throw too much at you guys one time. But anyways, I'm gonna just shut up and go. (laughs) Uh, One thing you can do is check out Eloise Asylum. Uh, I'm just gonna explain it right now and then I'll kind of tell you why I don't recommend it. Uh, You can go on a paranormal investigation of Eloise Asylum, the former health complex considered to be one of the most haunted places in America. Led by professional Eloise Paranormal Guide, tour groups will separate and search for paranormal activities and hotspots at the former hospital, according to the website. Eloise also offers paranormal site rentals for hardcore investigators looking to do their own work. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that, except for Eloise has recently especially in the last few years, I think even before COVID, it was just starting to do this. It's been converted into a haunted house attraction. And I mean, like a scare house, like where you go through and there's people in costumes and there's gory scenes and stuff and all that. The reason why I say it's hard to believe any evidence that comes out of there, because there are speakers now in places and who's... And I don't want to... I'm not saying that this is happening... But I've heard of it happening before, not from these people, but from other places that, you know, you go to a haunted location and while they have some, they have voices that pump through speakers that they didn't, oh, they forgot to mention to you or uh, there was one, I think it's a haunted restaurant where uh, the, one of the claims was the overhead lights sway, but guess what? They have them rigged to sway. So like you can't confirm that. And it's just, I just, for me personally, I don't think that kind of that's not cool to me. honestly, that's just it's one of those things, oops sorry, uh, I just kicked my chair. <laughs> it's just one of those things where like I just I have trouble with it. like I just can't believe anything you know, any kind of evidence, especially after it's been turned. like before then, sure, okay, I have no problem reviewing evidence and looking at evidence of that. But av- now that it's been turned into this haunted attraction, I'm kind of, I'm very skeptical about it. And I will be kind of overly skeptical, even though I probably shouldn't be. But that's just me personally as a paranormal investigator. That's my thing. Uh, proceed with caution. Uh, I'd love to check out LOE's just because it has so much history in Detroit. Um, I'd love to even just, just like I said, just to tour the building, I think would be really cool. I have never had a chance to do that uh, I hope one day I do. Uh, I had There was an opportunity, but things happened. Uh, I think there was like a miscommunication or something. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Uh, but unfortunately, I did not get to go, but that's okay. Things happen. Um, next, I want to talk about the ghost tours of Grand Rapids. Held by Tours Around Michigan, the Grand Rapids Ghost Tour is a year-round walking tour that covers spine-chilling stories and paranormal, paranormal events unique to the city. The tour takes visitors to iconic sites to learn about the history of Grand Rapids while also sharing stories handed down through generations. According to the website, highlights include a tale about a murdered woman who terrifies people working in her building or a janitor who apparently is still cleaning up in the afterlife. The tours are wheelchair and stroller-friendly, and organizers work with interpreters for sign language and other languages. Uh, I do plan on going to uh, Grand Rapids Just for a little vacation uh, next summer. And I will definitely be jumping on one of these ghost tours for sure. uh, It sounds really interesting. I I love Michigan history. I love Michigan haunted places. And so this is one I definitely want to check out. And I'm also going to try to see if I have some connections there to maybe set up my own private investigation of some of these places. Or at least one of these places. And of course when the time comes I will talk about that. This next one I really want to talk about because it is run by a good friend of mine. Todd Clements created the Haunts of Mackinac. The haunted history tours are based on the book series Haunts of Mackinac. Of course, that is written by Todd. Uh, The 90-minute tour takes guests through the historic streets of the island while regarding them with stories of ghost legends and the darker side of the island's buried history. Uh, I was able to, uh, at an event I went to on Mackinac Island, I was able to go on a ghost tour with uh, Kimberly. She was the ghost tour at the time. Good friend of mine. Absolute wonderful person. Had a blast with her. So much fun and honestly like one of the best tours I've ever had. It was so much fun. A lot of history. A lot of spooky things that happen. Mackinac Island is one of the most craziest places that I've had. I've only visited once for that event, and I had the craziest experiences there. I was touched. Um, I, uh, one, uh, I was in two different hotel rooms because I booked originally for like three days, and then I decided to extend that, so I, they moved me to another room. Uh, I went to turn on the television, and the TV wouldn't work. And I look, and it was unplugged, and I was like, what the hell? Why is this unplugged? And, well, I found out why it was unplugged because it would turn itself on and off during the night. Uh, I had to turn on three times. I finally unplugged it myself so I could get some sleep. Very interesting, very creepy. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the room number was, but, I, you know, Todd asked me what room I was in. he's like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, what? He's like, that's one of the haunted rooms. And I was like, oh, shit. Well... Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> um, he uh, The night before, Todd personally took a few of us out to Arch Rock and to a couple places. And we I literally saw strange lights in the trees, uh, which I believe were the uh, Willows of the Lisp and possibly Fae. Um, Fae is fairy folk, for those that aren't really familiar with that. Um we heard what sounded like Native American war cries. There was talking, mumbling. It was insane. It was like one of the best nights I ever had. Just, and we weren't even there to really just investigate. We were just checking things out, and it was it was insane how much stuff was going on. I, and legit, it was one of the funnest trips I've ever had. Like, it was super awesome. Um, I just I can't get enough. Even uh, during. Some of the lectures because of course during this event they have lectures uh john el tenney a friend of the podcast and a good friend of mine uh there were some things happening during his lecture uh, some people said that they saw a little girl peek out even john had heard something uh behind him on the stage uh, when he was talking and uh, i th- i thought i saw like the top of the very top of the stage of the curtains i thought i saw them move a couple times but yeah no it was very interesting uh very fun I highly recommend Haunts of Mackinac, and definitely recommend checking out Mackinac Island. Another place I really, really want to check out, Haunted Traverse Walking Tours. Uh, The Haunted Traverse Walking Tour Company is the only tour company in Traverse City dedicated to paranormal adventures. Uh, This is according to their website, of course. Guests can take either the historical lantern tour or the ghost hunting experience. The Lantern Tour, described as an interactive experience where guests can s- get swept up in the fun ghost storytelling, it also includes a very short ghost hunt. The ghost hunting experience is held at a local haunted house attraction where guests will be instructed on how to use real ghost hunting equipment for an investigation. Guests can also go to the Ghost Farm of Kingsley Haunted Trail, a haunted build or a haunted attraction built as an autumnal autumn autumnal autumn. I don't know how to say that word autumnal, 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 a yearly tradition, (laughs) uh, definitely check this out, um, my, when it says held at a local haunted house attraction, just like Eloise, I'm going to have to look into that a little more, if it's actually, like, a haunted house attraction, like a, like a scare house kind of thing, then I probably won't take, uh, I won't get involved in that one, I'll just do the lantern tour, but if it's, like, an actual, like, paranormal or place where paranormal activity place and it has been converted, then I definitely will check that out. Paranormal Michigan Incorporated is a one-stop shop for all things paranormal in Michigan, according to the website. Uh, It offers several tours in Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is another place I want to check out. The Grand Rapids Stewards are described as an evening of Grand Rapids history mixed with the paranormal world. With each tour guide portraying a member of the city's past, highlights include the history of the Paintland Hotel and the true story behind the legend of the AT&T building. Uh, Next week, we'll look those up so I can talk you to them, because I honestly don't know what any of that means. (laughs) The Kalamazoo tours take patrons through several haunted locations, including Bronson Park and the Radisson hotel. The final one I want to talk to you about is a place where I have actually investigated uh, when I was first starting uh, into being a paranormal investigator and a place that uh, I need desperately to go back to, especially now that they're allowing paranormal stuff. There was a point where this place had stopped. They didn't want a reputation of paranormal anymore as being haunted. Um, I understand why. I'll explain that in a minute. The Whitney, the iconic Whitney Mansion offers several tours of the historic property. The mansion is reported to be haunted by lumber baron David Whitney Jr., the wealthiest man in Detroit at the time, and his first wife, Flora. The Whitney offers both a paranormal dinner tour and a late-night paranormal tour. The dinner tour guide guests guides, I'm sorry. The dinner tour guides Guests through the history and legends of the Whitney family and the estate. It includes a champagne toast of the mansion and a four-course dinner. Uh, it is off. The dinner is only offered on select dates. Um, During the late night porn and paranormal tour, guests can tour the mansion and carriage house while sipping cocktails. Uh, The Whitney also holds an annual Halloween dinner adventure where guests can enjoy a dinner, live music, and a house tour by haunts of investigators. I'm sorry, by Haunt Investigators of Michigan. I apologize uh, to that group for butchering their name. Uh, Please forgive me. The Whitney. Uh, Young young, uh, Chris, young uh, horrible nerd here, horribly nerdy. Paranerd, whatever the fuck you want to call me, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, had the pleasure of uh, doing an investigation on Whitney uh, twice. Um, the first time, I'm sorry, no. I apologize. I only did it one time. I forgot. I did go back for an event that my group was putting on, and we did a ghost tour. I do remember that. Uh, some some crazy weird thing happened on that day, and that's what I'm kind of mixing up my brain. Okay, let's start with the first story. So my first time there, we chuck out. We checked out the mansion, the restaurant. Um, it's not necessarily paranormal, but the elevators. They had a habit of opening and closing and, and going on their own without being called. Um, I decided I was going to jump in one of the elevators and, you know, ride it just to see what would happen. And it's a very, it's, it's very small. It's, it's like a one or two person elevator. It's not a lot of room, but honestly, like I stepped in there and as it was going, I, I, I was not alone. I felt like there was someone else in there, like breathing down my neck it's just the creepiest feeling i ever had i just couldn't get over it it was really really weird very strange very strange feeling um we the there's a piano on one of the floors there there was a piano on one of the floors uh that played a couple notes while we were there Uh, we we were able to uh you know we didn't we were not able to debunk it uh we tried you know tried pushing on it doing all kinds of things bumping it you know, maybe stepping near it, nope, nothing, we could not get it to play by ourselves, it just literally, it played on its own, um, it was very it was very, inter- very interesting experience, uh, I do remember, I was checking out, it was one of the bathrooms, I mean, it might have been one of the, uh, yeah, there's so, the, <laughs> the interesting thing about the bathrooms is there's like a a lounge and then the bathroom so there's like a place where you can kind of sit down it's it's very weird there's like couches and chairs like very nice couches and chairs and then you um walk into the bathroom and into the stalls and stuff so uh, while i was just kind of chilling sitting on one of the couches just kind of getting a feel for the place i felt something bump my foot i looked down to see if there was something maybe i kicked something maybe Uh, something had rolled or something. Uh, There was nothing there. I just specifically remember something bumping my foot, but there ended up being nothing there. It was very interesting. And then we went out to the carriage house, which was my favorite place. It was one of the creepiest freaking places there. And what I find interesting is they have, they had at the time to appease the spirits of, uh, David Whitney and supposedly his first wife, Flora, they had a a table and chair set out and it was and all the the, the place settings were set out and it supposedly had been there for years like 30 40 years and I mean you could tell there was so much dust on it like it never got no one ever touched it because they thought that it would upset the spirits and it was just it was very creepy to see that like it's not it's not something you think would be creepy but honestly like it creeped me out. I had a really hard time looking at that. And then this was also like where they ho- held the horses and stuff. And I swear I heard horses breathing and like trotting. Um, That place, it really gave me the creeps. Did You definitely feel like you're not alone in the Whitney carriage house. Even the Whitney mansion, like you there's something there. I, I honestly believe there's something there. Uh, it's an awesome place. I would Now that they're doing paranormal stuff, I would love to go back. I'd love to do that. Um, I did go back once for an event. Uh, it was to celebrate because we were uh, featured in a book called uh, Haunted Travels of Michigan. Uh, yes, I am featured in that book. And there's a picture of young Chris there if you want to check it out. I think I'm wearing a 5 Finger death punch shirt. You know, the professional I was back then. <laughs> um, So definitely check that out. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Anyways, um, so basically what we did was we had a dinner for everyone. We did a, like, uh, the two leaders of the group did a presentation with the two authors. They played some, uh, EVP clips, which was one of them was the piano, uh, that you heard play. I unfortunately don't have access to that anymore. Otherwise I would, uh, include it on here. Um, uh, God, my brain just does not want to work. Fuck. So, yeah, that ha- that much hasn't changed from the original series of podcasts. It's me, like, going off on tangents and being a fucking idiot. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so then we eventually took people on a tour. Uh, we were in the carriage house again. And uh, one lady freaked out. She was not having it. Uh, she couldn't handle it there. So I walked her back up to the mansion. And as we were walking back, she said that she had felt someone uh, touch her shoulders. And, she, you know, she looked behind her. There was no one there. Uh, she said she swore it was 100% like a, like, literally like a full hand on not just like a light touch, but like a full impression of a hand on her shoulder. And she was not having it. She she wanted out. And I, I walked her back to the main mansion. She was fine with that. I went back to the carriage house Uh, We all decided to sit in silence, and we heard what sounded like a ball rolling across the floor. It was just like, boom, and I was like, I popped the flashlight on, thinking, okay, for sure, one of these people, like, dropped something, or they're playing a prank on us. We couldn't find anything. It was insane. It was one of the best experiences I've I've ever had. Uh it's de- it's a beautiful place even just without the paranormal aspects of it. Uh it's a beautiful restaurant, it's a beautiful place. The mansion is beautiful. Uh people are the people I knew that were running it and working there at the time, uh they were very nice. They were, you know, they were very cool about it. They were all about the history of it and the paranormal of it. And eventually it got different owners and they were like no, we don't want to. We don't want to be known as a haunted place. We don't. We don't talk about anything paranormal. And then, thankfully, I think it got another new owners re- within like the last five years. See, when I say young, I mean this was like fifteen, almost twenty years ago that I like. it probably like a good fifteen years ago. Fuck. Yeah, it was like I was like twenty years old. Maybe even a little younger. <laughs> this was so long ago. Oh, my God. I feels so old. <laughs> Anyways. I digress. Excuse me. Uh, within the last, like, five years, I'd say, they change ownerships again. And now they allow paranormal stuff again. I apologize for the yawn there. I'm very tired. Uh, I'm probably going to wrap this up here soon. I think we've been going. We've been going for 45 minutes. I'm going to wrap this up here in just a moment. I, uh, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, welcome to Season 3. Welcome back. I apologize for taking such a long break. Um, I really want to focus on more paranormal stuff. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about a lot more anime. Uh, I am going to talk about some books, but I when I eventually get my laptop, there's something... I've talked to someone... And they're interested in doing it I don't want to spoil it right now and I don't want to get my hopes up and others people's hopes up but uh, there may be something coming that is book related and podcast form related that's all I'm gonna say uh, hopefully uh, this person and I can make this happen uh, I talked to them they are interested in it and I'm really looking forward to you know getting this started getting this off the ground so you will not only get this podcast, you would get a separate one. I'm not Okay, I'm going I'm going too much into it. Anyways, uh, it's if it happens, it'll be awesome. I hope I, I'm sh- I have a feeling like listeners and just book 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 <sighs> book lovers will really enjoy it. Uh but anyways, I'm going to I'm going to go off. So you might not hear about as many books on this podcast anymore. I'll try and still review some, but I won't go in super much depth like I used to. Uh, but you're still going to get your movie reviews. I really want to talk about more paranormal stuff, being a paranormal investigator. Uh, that was originally what this par- podcast was supposed to be about was more paranormal stuff, and then I'd have have a couple of nerdy things. But I really like. I want to get into yes more paranormal stuff, but I still want to. I don't want to just abandon movie reviews and video game reviews, so we're going to still be talking about all that stuff. We're going to include anime, and there may be a couple other things that I include eventually down the road, but we will talk about that when it comes to it. Again, I want to thank everyone for coming back for Season 3. Uh, if you are this is your first time, you do not have to go and listen to Seasons 1 and 2. <laughs> they're not worth it in my opinion i of course i will always be my very own worst critic but honestly like i there was a point where i was just releasing episodes just to put content out i'm not necessarily happy with it um it's just one of those things i just if you'd rather just start here then go ahead and just start here i I have a feeling like the better quality and when i say better quality I still just have a smartphone, so this is literally legitimately just edited on a smartphone and uploaded. When I eventually get like a laptop and an editor, of course, the quality will be better. I'm sure like the room I'm sitting in probably has an echo, but the reason I'm in here is because the dog is sleeping in the other room, and it's too loud anywhere else, so that's why I'm in this room. But anyways, going on and on, I, told, I said I was going to wrap this up, so let's wrap this up. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I am going, I, I have a Patreon, I I don't really talk about it much, but honestly, I'm just going to make it like a $1, if you want to support the podcast, it's a dollar a month, thank you, cool, awesome, don't worry about it, I'm not going to do a bunch of tears, there was a bunch of tears I was going to do, and paintings, it was a whole thing I was going to do, but honestly, just, I'm getting older, and I just don't got time and the patience to do this. <laughs> I mean, eventually I might do it and kind of do that whole thing, but honestly, just right now... Oh, excuse me, shit. Yeah. Excuse me, my I apologize. Such professionalism as I'm yawning on this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Shut up. <laughs> uh, it'll just be a dollar. I believe it's patreon.com slash Uh Next episode, I'll have that. Uh, all set up and done. If you wanna uh, participate or be a Patreon, I really appreciate it. Uh, I you might like you, you will have a, you most likely will have access through YouTube to uh, earlier like early releases of the pod and maybe some other stuff. But there's not going to be like a super ton. I do want to put like uh, some links to paranormal news and stuff I find interesting. I will kind of put that stuff on there, but. Uh, I'm not, if I have time, I'll put some cool stuff on there. If not, please don't yell at me for having bare bones. Patreon, I just, with everything going on, I just, I don't have the time like I used to. I didn't even have time back then. I just don't, just, just, just just bear with me is all I ask. Uh, If you do decide to contribute, thank you very much. I truly appreciate you. I love you all very, very much. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, You'll get... An episode today, and then in a couple weeks, you'll get the next episode. Happy Halloween. Enjoy your night and your day, your morning, whenever you're listening to this. And we'll see you next time on Horribly Nerdy Podcast.